0: The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Right here on AM 550 KTSA, so glad you're with us. And uh, so happy to uh, to have you here on a Saturday morning in the beautiful, beautiful South Texas area, from the Hill Country to the Coastal Bend uh, and all points in between, out to uh, out to Austin and beyond, and, and wherever you're listening out there. If you're listening online, we uh, we appreciate you being a part of our show and uh, and hanging out with us this morning, spending a little time, uh, learning something about home improvement. We hope we hope we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk uh, to you. After all, this is all about you, your calls, your home improvement questions, and uh, what's going on in your home improvement world that we can help you with. My name is Martin Bomba. This is my buddy, Jim Smith.
1: And we are here to help.
0: And uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. We've got uh, Don Cooper Stevens there in the studio running uh, the boards and playing the music and screening your calls and Uh, thankful for him being in there every Saturday that he, uh, is hanging out with us too. We appreciate that very much. Uh, good week this week. Um, relatively good weather. We could sure use some rain. Gosh, we could sure use some rain. That's, that's the one thing we are lacking, getting very droughty right now, but hopefully we'll get some of those, uh, those spring showers coming in anytime now. Uh, gonna have one more little snap of cold over this weekend. We... We got down to below freezing last night. Got down, uh, getting down to below freezing tonight. It sounds like, so be sure to, uh, you know, don't don't get too far ahead with your planning and uh, unwrapping your pipes just yet. It's, uh, it, it, we've got one more little blast this weekend, and I think that we're probably going to be out of it after that. So that's that's what uh, my hope is. Sincerely, we're having a really nice week. Let next week. It's hard to believe, 27, 26 degrees this morning. And Monday we're supposed to be up to around eighty so i it's just crazy texas weather and and uh we just gotta kind of roll with the punches um The state of construction continues to be very interesting um very volatile uh and and very unpredictable in many ways uh the uh, the The business that uh that we happen to be in has has encountered changes this year and and the last two and a half years that have have never been seen in uh, our industry i was having a conversation with a customer this morning as a matter of fact and and we were talking about uh you know in general uh, the, the the unprecedented times that we're in and and how no one who's living today has seen anything like this in history and you know and and it and just when you think one thing is is getting better another thing pops up it's like whack-a-mole it seems like sometimes <laughs> it's kind of crazy uh now we've got you know the the russian invasion of ukraine and uh seeing what that's doing to gas prices uh you know and and we don't live in a in a vacuum we don't live in a bubble so gas prices are going to translate to higher shipping costs uh and and again add to the inflation that you know is already there uh lumber and raw building materials have skyrocketed. Uh, I, I have said uh, on several occasions we have not had a single manufacturer that we do business with and that we purchase products from that has not in, increased prices by at least fifteen percent, and in some cases uh, much more than that over the last year. So we're we're in interesting times, folks. We are in interesting times, but um, I still believe and and judging by our our customers and and judging by uh, our phone traffic and and interest, uh, that there's still no better time than right now to do home improvements and and to add to the value of your home and and take those steps that you need to improve the things around your house. Many people are are opting and have opted for the last couple of years to stay put, uh, not sell their homes, although certainly is a seller's market. And if if you have another place to, to live, and it's reasonable not a bad time to sell but the other side of that coin is if you don't have some place to move and you don't have another place to live uh, chances of you finding some place reasonable uh and comparable to what you're already in is is possibly going to be difficult and those are the you know the the unique and interesting times we're in right now so we're here to try to walk you through at least the the part uh, that we can walk you through and help you with, and that is the improvement of the home that you're in or maybe the home that you're thinking about buying. Maybe uh, maybe you've, get, you've got foundation questions, or maybe you've got plumbing questions, electric questions, roofing questions, siding questions, window questions, from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. That's what we talk about here on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Let's talk a little bit about uh, industry delays because there certainly are continuing industry delays. Uh, we We see it every single day. Uh, it, uh, it, it, unfortunately it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse over the last six to eight months. Um, we have talked about this many times on the show before and, and, uh, and, and I like, I like getting this out there and, and in the open every Saturday because it, it just, it, 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 I hate this saying, but, but it's kind of applicable. It is what it is <laughs> and we can't do uh, anything about it. So we might as well just talk about it and, and understand it as much as we possibly can. And industry delays uh, in, in the building industry and, and in particular in the manufacturing of windows and doors uh, is a multifaceted issue, and it it comes down to a number of reasons. It's not one thing. If it was just one thing, maybe we could attack that one thing and we could we could you know figure out a way to fix that one thing, but it's not. It's labor shortages, driver shortages, raw material shortages. Uh, component shortages back orders and, and and I mean that's just scratching the surface of what's going on here uh, employees uh, not wanting to come back to work people not wanting to get back into the workplace and wanting to stay home uh, although we are certainly at the seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for the pandemic the results and and the side effects of the pandemic are going to continue long after. The masks are off, and people are living semi normal lives again and and that 's a thing that some folks find hard to understand uh, they 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 see the news and it says, "Well, pandemic rates are down, and hospitalizations are down. Why are we still having these problems? Well, because these problems didn't start overnight and they 're not going to end overnight and uh, understanding that is is important to understand the entire situation, so we do our best to to you know to uh relay that to not only our customers, but our listeners every Saturday morning. Uh, we do have phone lines lit up. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to those phone lines, get things rolling this morning. 210-599-5555 is the number. 210-599-5555. Let's go to Pam. Pam, good morning, and welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good
2: morning. Uh, I have an electric hot water heater. And it's only used two or three times a year. It's at a volunteer fire department, and okay. we got the old sulfur smell. So, how do I address it?
0: Jim, <laughs> you're, you're you're more of a well person. Wow! Uh, any uh,
1: any thoughts on that? What? With not with it not being used very often, the best way to eliminate that sulfur smell is with a filtration system, um, where you're going to filter. The, you can purchase taste, odor, uh, filters, taste and odor filters. They filter out any, uh, any rough tastes or any harsh odors. Yeah. However, if you're only using it a few times a year, even that system is going to be something where if you went in every three months to turn it on, you'd have to put a new filter in it every three months because the filter would sit there and would become, the water in the filter box would become stagnant and it would not be something you would want to use. Yeah. Um, you have a very unique problem and, um, I can, ch- I'll, ch- I'll be happy to check into it, but to be honest, with something that you only use three or four times a year, I don't have a quick fix for that. Um, if this were in your primary home, as I say, a filter would work great for you. It would be a filter you could change every three months or so. But with the situation you're in, you're going to have to change the filter every time you go to turn the water on. It just, um, yeah. It's 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 not practical. No, have you tried going in maybe the day before you're going to use the facility, and letting the water run for fifteen twenty minutes?
2: Yes, and it doesn't take long for it to be back.
1: Right, right.
2: Uh, I didn't. You're not recommending the old Clorox and.
1: I would not recommend it because if you put the Clorox in there, again it's gonna work until it doesn't work. And then if you have if you're not using it in three months, just Clorox sitting in there is not gonna last for three months. Yeah. Yeah, you you really
2: want the Clorox to run in there for three months, I would Clorox it just before we used it and just to kinda
0: Well that'll knock it down, but there there are, you know, of course hazards of using uh, Clorox in that fashion, so I, I'm not going to recommend that. Uh, I will tell you that a okay. filtration system prior to the the water heater is going to be about the only thing that's going to you know permanently take care of that. But with with such infrequent use, I don't know how effective it's going to be. Uh, I would yes. recommend. Here's what I'd recommend: call Alamo Water Softeners and and talk to them and get their expert opinion on it. Maybe they'll right. have something that that we don't that we're missing. Okay. Okay.
2: All right, thank
0: you. We do have the phone lines lit up, but be sure to get yourself one. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, we uh, we have uh, several lined up right now, but let's get right to them. We've got Alvin up next. Alvin, good morning. Welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show. Oh, let's uh, let's let's talk to Trish. Trish, good morning. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Good morning. Um, my question today is about. Uh, Attic insulation, and I don't know, do people still use uh, radiant barriers? Um, I have an older home with very old insulation. My question would be, do I have to have that removed before I have more insulation perhaps added or blown in? And do we, do they people still do the radiant spray-on barrier on the roof, uh, on, the spray- know, on, on the underside?
0: The, the spray-on trish they don't uh there, there's i I don't know of anyone who's doing um spray on radiant barrier anymore and and have it for many years the roll on uh, the the foil radiant barrier absolutely that is something that's been in use for lots of years still in use still a great product um have to be careful about how much you're paying for it with certain companies but uh if if you get it for the right price it's very definitely worth the investment
3: okay and then what about um the insulation, or if you had to do one or the other, would you do the insulation versus the radiant barrier?
0: If you're I'm choosing, sure. absolutely, I would do the insulation first.
3: Now, do you have to have that old one removed? I mean, it's very old. It's probably from the, um, you know, early 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Homes.
0: For for many reasons, you'd want to remove that. Uh, you, you want to remove it because of all the dust and dirt and, and probably uh, rat, um droppings that that have accumulated over the years since the 60s mm-hmm. uh, just to give you a clean start uh, kind of deodorize everything and then come in fresh that's what I would recommend and any good insulation company will be able to remove that for you before they do their work.
3: Now would you at that point would you recommend the the lay-in or would they would you recommend that at that point that, they, that we sprayed in after the removal?
0: Well, I really like the blown. I really like the blown-in insulation because it covers uh, so much more area and and uninsulated areas that, that the roll-in bad insulation may not cover. And uh, oh, and so for that God. reason, I like I like the blown-in insulation. You can get a little bit more R-value out of it, and uh, and it's just a great product.
3: Any uh, recommendations? As when you were talking about, I know there's different kinds of insulation. Anything better uh, than another? I'm
0: well, cellulose is, is uh, one that came on the scene uh, quite a few years ago to, to, you know, to, to compete with, uh, with fiberglass. But I will tell you, I, I believe still that fiberglass insulation is a better option because it does not compact quite as much as uh, the cellulose insulation. Uh, it, it, okay. it holds its R value for a longer period of time, and I, I, I believe that that's, well, I can tell you if, if it were me that was doing the work in my home, that's what I would use.
1: And I, think, I, think. I just w- I just want to add that be cautious because there are companies out there right now that are telling homeowners that they can use the foam insulation um, and it is a great, uh, you know, it's going to greatly improve their insulating factor, which it will. They're not, that's not a falsity. However, if your home was not originally designed for foam insulation, there is a lot of other work that must be done to the home if you're going to use foam insulation.
3: Oh no! I, I think I probably would stick with the recommended uh, fiberglass. Yes, ma'am. With good R yes, value. Ma'am. Awesome, awesome. Any thickness that that would that or that well, if they blow it in. That they'll know. I guess does it cover the studs or whatever that is? It,
0: it does cover the studs. Um, that that that's the one thing that you know is a little different with uh, with blown in versus lay down bat. You can still do it. I know a lot of people have decking up in their attics so that. They can use it for storage space and things of that nature. And in that area, you're just going to have to accept that you're not going to have the R value that you will in the rest of it. Um, but it would be that way with that insulation as well. So
3: I don't believe there's a lot of decking up there, uh, maybe in, over the garage. But other than that, no, I don't think so.
0: So what they're going to do, Pam uh, Trish, I'm sorry, Pam, I don't know why I called you Pam. Trish, um, The they come in and they put a, a paper ruler basically in the attic and And stand it up, and then they fill to that particular level, so you can you should be able to see exactly how much insulation you have in there and and I would insist on that you want to know that you have the right amount of insulation to give you at least a thirty r value and and that's the way that's the way that they can measure it is with these paper tape measures that they put not tape measures, but rulers that they stick in your attic.
3: Awesome, awesome, Well y'all guys are wonderful. I appreciate it very much.
0: Well, Trish, thanks for calling in this morning. We appreciate it. Great question, and uh, good luck with that. Let us know how it all turns out, okay?
3: Thank you. all have a blessed day.
0: You too. You too. All right, let's get to one more before we go to break. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210 599 As we go to Omar. Omar, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, you guys. How are you all? Good morning. Doing fantastic, man. Doing fantastic. Good deal. <clears throat> um, I just.
4: Real simple question. I'm, my, my mother lives in uh, in town right next to the school, and there's a lot of traffic. So she's trying to get out of town and move and this and that. And uh, we're exploring options. You know, we got a price from a builder, and it turned out to be just a little more than she wanted to spend. So we're looking at, uh, you know, existing homes. And then I wanted to see – I wanted to get you all depending opinion on who, who – uh, manufacturer home speaking, who – what brand do you like or who who do you think does the best
0: job on on a double wide or whatever they're called nowadays? Jim, I'm I'm gonna let you handle this one.
1: I personally live in a Fleetwood. Um it's a very good home. Um there are a lot of good I'm, manufacturers I'm sorry, out roll, there. Roll that again? i I personally that again? live in a fl- I personally live in a Fleetwood home. Um okay. there are a lot of good manufacturers out there. Um the first thing I would just tell you to suggest that you look at Is their wall stud size? Make sure that the exterior walls on the home are two by six, not two by four, and then make sure that the uh, the plumbing is going to be CPVC, and make sure that your flooring is three quarter inch tongue and groove plywood, not OSB. Um, There are a lot of manufacturers that follow those guidelines, and as long as you stay stick within those guidelines, you'll have a pretty good home. Okay,
5: and the and the. <clears throat> the plywood you mean was that the my phone cut out? Was that was that for the floor
4: decking or what? Or what was
5: that? Yes, for? you
1: want to make sure that they're using actual plywood for the floor decking and not uh, particle board, not OSB. You want to make sure gotcha. it's actual plywood. And and you said half inch? Uh, no, three quarter. Yeah, three this quarter. is your Got floor it. you're talking about. You want three. You want a three quarter deck on the floor, and then make sure, as I said, two by six wall studs, exterior wall studs. They can be two Got by it. four interior wall studs. Just make sure that you're. Exterior wall studs are two by six.
0: Got it. All righty. I sure appreciate it. Well, you're sure welcome, yes, Omar. Thanks a lot for being a part of the show this morning. Thanks for calling in. And, yeah, when it comes to manufactured homes, there are several good manufacturers out there uh, still. I, I believe, is Schultz still making homes? Jim, I don't know. You know? I don't because know. at, at don't one know. point in time, Schultz made made a phenomenal manufactured home. I mean, the, the things, the the quality that they put into those homes was was comparable to any, you know, up, upper mid-end uh, site-built home uh, with a 2 and by 6 And Solitaire. Solitaire.
1: Solitaire also, also made a also really makes good home. Solitaire also a wonderful home.
0: They still do. Solitaire is still in business. They still do. Well, yep. and, and so you've got choices out there. Just compare, you know, compare prices, compare, most importantly, compare quality features in those homes. That's, that's the main thing to look for, the things that Jim just pointed out.
1: You know, Martin, and I just want to touch base on that. A lot of folks, you know, it used to be a stigmatism against manufactured ho- uh, housing, um, however, one thing to keep in mind with manufactured housing today is that after all of the problems with them and the lawsuits um, the federal government got involved and that's usually not a good thing, but in this case, it was a good thing. The quality in a manufactured home today is federally guidelined um, in other words uh, they don't they have to meet federal specifications on the home a lot of cases when you're building a site built home especially out in the country with a little piece of land there's really no inspecting entity to make sure that that home was built correctly whereas with the manufactured home you can guarantee it was built correctly because they inspect them in the factory before they ever leave
0: right right yeah there there are definitely some quality controls that there weren't originally in that industry and uh it's not necessarily a bad thing if if you uh if you have to go to that type of, of home and and in today's prices man i'll tell you what you can't yeah you can't touch a site built home for what you can get a high quality
1: manufactured home for and that's just a fact the best manufactured home that you're going to buy i mean honestly the best that i've ever and Jeannie and i have looked you know just gone out and playing around and looked at at uh you know lots and everything and looked at what's on the market and so on and so forth, and the best you're going to get is going to be less than three hundred thousand, and that's for a huge, triple-wide home. Um, and you're not going to touch that kind of square footage in a site build for three hundred thousand dollars.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> in fact, in fact, you can at least double that. Um, yeah. For, for yeah. that size home, I, I mean, it's it's staggering what home building prices are right now. Uh, my kids are looking into into buying a home, and they. Uh, met with the builder and they got a quote from the builder uh, worked out to about 275 a square foot yeah by com- by yeah. comparison when when we bought our first home uh, 25 26 years ago whatever it was 28 30 years ago geez I guess 30 years ago um, average average price per square foot at
1: that time was about 95 dollars a square foot um, it, and, just and manufactured housing even today. You're gonna be between fifty and seventy five dollars a square foot today that's see that's that, that there's just Uh-oh. there
0: is no comparison now it, it, there there are some very definite things to consider uh when buying a manufactured home but uh if it's if it's in your budget and you want the most bang for your buck and you're okay with that then it's not not a bad option it really isn't and <laughs> we uh we have our phone lines open right now two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten five nine nine 55-55, let's get right to it. Janie, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show.
2: Hi. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I had a question about siding. We have put up the concrete board, the stucco-looking, hardy
0: stuff. Yes, ma'am.
2: Stuff, and it's in the big sheets. And what do you use for in between the sheets? those cracks to seal we tried well, some it, kind of mix and it just looks horrible
0: what kind of mix did you did you try to use
2: uh it was in a bag and you put it on and i mean you can just see where you you know
0: yeah you yeah that's that's not typically <laughs> so, so yeah you know. typically what you'd use is is a a good um elastomeric sealant of some kind in between there. And, and ideally, you would put some kind of a strip or or a bat over that strip to conceal it. Um, but if you don't want to do that, then, yeah, the, the best way to do it would be to to use a good urethane uh, sealant and then paint it.
2: Okay, like in the tubes, like a caulking?
0: Like, like caulking, but, but not acrylic not acrylic caulk you want to use a, a, a urethane acrylic a urethane acrylic caulk that can be painted but remains elast, uh, elastic and pliable
2: okay yeah someone had said there was some and i go in you know i was looking the other day and there's five gazillion different ones and
0: <laughs> just be so sure that the, the two things to remember is be sure it's paintable and be sure that it remains pliable and it doesn't get it doesn't get hard
2: Pliable and paintable, right. Okay, well, thank you so much.
0: Well, you're welcome, Janie. Thanks for calling this morning. We appreciate you being a part of our show.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's, uh, um, unfortunately, it's one of the drawbacks to uh, to Hardy is the fact that it has to be caulked, and it has to be caulked, and it has to be caulked, and um, it, it's, and it's not. And does it have to be caulked? It has to be caulked. And, and, paint it, uh, and, and paint it as well. Uh, yes. The other yes. thing is it, it's not stucco. Even though it, it has that look of a stucco finish on it, it's not stucco. And I think what they mm. tried to do was they tried to go in with masonry and, and do a stucco right. tucking and pointing, if you will, on an uh, on, on
1: incompatible product. And my thought would be that if they've already done that, if they've gotten that on the surface, and if you're still listening, if you've gotten that on the surface of the board, it's going to be extremely difficult to clean off. What you might want to do is, like Martin said, put some, uh, some battens up, um, get you some, uh, fiber semen, since you already have fiber semen on the wall, um, three quarter inch by four inch One by, by, one inch by wide. two, or, or, yeah, you can. Well, one by two, it, or one by four, depending on how far out the, the stain is on the edges. Right. And with that, you can run those up and cover the seams. Now, of course, you still want to use the elastomeric urethane caulking to make sure they're sealed before you put the the the, the boards up, the battens up. But once you put the battens up, then you'll cover any imperfections and, and just make your house look like it's it's got the battens on it, which is a very attractive look. Yeah, I've I've seen that done lots of times,
0: and it is a, it is a good look and. Uh, um, it can be pretty easily remedied. It's just going to take a little work, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's, I'm the reason I'm not a fan. Uh, but you probably would have guessed that already, wouldn't you, Jim? Uh, of of Hardy, there's there's lots of things oh, absolutely, that, uh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's it's folks just don't understand. You know, they talk about the warranties on Hardy and all that. And Martin, I've got to be honest with you. In all the years that we've done this work, I've never seen Hardy stand up to, or I've never seen fiber cement stand up and say, yeah, that's warranty.
0: Well, no, because there's there's, there's
1: a million and one exclusions. <laughs> they always find a reason to exclude it. They say you didn't caulk it properly, you didn't maintain it properly, you didn't put it uh, paint it as as often as it needed. They've got out uh, color fast products as they call them, or what is it, color select, color plus, um, color plus products. And folks, if you read the fine print, even those need to be painted. What Martins every five to seven years? Uh, it's something like that.
0: I'm not. I'm not it's sure. Not it's like been that. a while since I've read the warranty, but. That's the thing is you really got to know what that
1: warranty does and does not cover.
0: That's the biggest thing to remember. They
1: also when recommend, uh, there was a customer that I had down in the coastal bend that had had Hardy um, put on the home, or fiber cement. I keep saying Hardy because that's what everybody calls it. Hardy is a brand. But they had had fiber cement put on the home um, for skirting. and Oh, it yeah, was that's just a
0: big no-no. It was
1: just horrid, and I tried to help them get a little bit of relief and there's no way, because the manufacturer came back and said, we don't recommend fiber cement anywhere within 18 inches of the ground level. And oh, I said, it's not excuse the, me, you sell it as Not that they don't, you sell that they it don't recommend it.
0: They tell you not to do it. And, and uh, they, yeah. they actually sold it as a skirting? Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, phone lines are open at 210 599 210-599-5555. Let's go to John. Good morning, John. Pardon me. Good morning, guys. Um, Good morning. I want to want to pivot to
5: to water heaters. I've got a fifty gallon gas water heater, um, and during this you know the latest cold snap, um, it it just didn't seem like it was producing a lot of hot water. I got five people in the house, so I'm using a lot of hot water, but um, it's uh, you know pushing fifteen. Um, and it was contractor grade, so I don't know um, if I need to be proactive on that thing and get uh, and get get it replaced. And if I do, I'm thinking about um, a tankless and one of the electrical requirements. And uh,
1: if that'll work for a, a high volume household, you said your water heater now is gas. It is. Okay, well, tankless would be a perfect solution because. I don't recommend tankless if you want to go electric, but I definitely recommend tankless for gas. Now on your existing water heater, let me ask you a question. Have you ever cleaned it or flushed it? Um, I've got a water softener on the house, um, but the answer to, to that is no. If it's 15 and you've never flushed it, it's time to replace it. Um, because the water softener does help a lot, but when you're dealing with a gas, water heater the heat is so intense in the bottom of the heater that it it's still going to separate more calcium even than your water softener could get out okay so yeah, and I would, I would i would years, so um right it probably should have been like a baseline maintenance but yeah. i would strongly yeah. recommend the uh the tankless the we used to call them point of use or time of use we used to call them tankless um you know, um, it, it is a great option if you're using gas. It really is because as soon as the the pressure change, di- as soon as you get a pressure differential, the gas burner kicks on instantly, heats the hot water, and it doesn't matter if you're running one shower or three showers at the same time. It's going to keep heating the water as it's flowing through the pipes.
5: Uh, professional installation on that, or is it something? Um, definitely.
1: For definitely professional installation. Definitely
5: okay and is there a a brand that you guys uh have had success with
1: i love renai r-e-n-a-i renai i love renai uh martin there was another brand that you had talked about
0: yeah there is a I'll, i'll have to look it up there's one that uh that the pico store here in bergheim carries and the features on it i absolutely loved them and uh the the Renai is of course the originator and the one that everybody knew uh originally but this one well, it, uh, I'll look it up I'll figure out what it is but uh but this one was was a, a pretty cool unit I liked it.
1: Yep. yep. Well the yes. main thing I would look for in it is make sure that they're using stainless steel components. That would be the main thing okay. I would look for in it make sure it's not stamped steel. Uh make sure that all of your wet components in it are stainless. Okay. And how, how do those compare cost-wise to a uh, a current uh,
0: just regular old gas? Uh, They're pretty expensive. They're pretty expensive. Well, if I can tell you the fifty. 50- the price on a on a fifty-gallon uh, water heater replaced, depending on who you get it from, a traditional one, is going to run you anywhere between sixteen hundred dollars to around two thousand dollars, somewhere in that in that range. The uh, and that's that's the water heater and the installation and everything. The one that I'm talking about, uh I was told that the cost of the water heater itself, the unit itself is around three grand, and I'm guessing that installation would probably be around fifteen
1: hundred or so. So there's right. there's your price differential. Substantially okay. more, but it's well worth the money you're spending if it's within your budget. Well worth it.
5: And and the life life of those?
1: You know, I as I long don't, as you keep it maintained. Yeah. As long I mean, as you keep it maintained, I know that in a commercial application, when I was installing the Renai originally in commercial application, um, they had a 20-year warranty. So as long as you keep it maintained well, the manufacturer feels like they're going to last at least 20 years. Wow.
5: Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, uh, oh, uh, one last question. There was a caller a couple of weeks ago that was talking about the um, – backflow preventer that there was that was attached to the uh, hose bib
0: yes yes
5: um, and you know I live what in what used to be the uh, bar uh, water area and I assumed that those were like pressure uh, like a regulator of some type because how independent undependable that system was is uh, how can I tell well it's got a, a set a set screw on it Correct. And I was thinking about just yanking those off because I can't get a lot of pressure out
1: of my hoses. Are you still in Barmet or where are you at? Oh no, no uh, saws took over for those guys you know five years ago. Well, are you still in saws though
5: oh yes saws is going to
1: require is going to require backflow preventers for yard irrigation or yard yard watering water. Well, that's they, the reason they, that those were on there yeah, house.
0: but they Jim, they they require a backflow preventer in line they don't require the ones that are on the faucets. So you you have an inline backflow preventer that gets checked every single year for your uh, for your sprinkler system so that water doesn't backflow into your into your drinking water and your home water. Get yourself a phone line 210 599 210 599 5555 your home improvement questions are what the show is all about, from the roof to the foundation to everything in between. We would love to talk to you and do our best to help you out this morning. Let's get right to those phone lines as we go to Robert. Robert, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show.
6: Good morning, sir. Uh, two fast questions, and Jim, how's your son doing?
1: He is doing wonderful, absolutely wonderful. He's he's loving life, and he's loving the
6: military life. Yeah, Thank you for your dedication to him, too, sir. Yeah, two fast yes, questions. sir. Service life on a hot water heater, uh, better grade that's drained and maintained regularly? Time span? Oh, wow. Until um, leaks? Well, <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I have got one right now that is still operating well, and it's 10 years old.
6: So, because that's about the time the uh, the galvan- the rod wears out. True, the ones that is in the tank that. Oh tank.
0: yeah, yeah. Your are heating element. The anode rod. Yeah. Anode rod. Yeah. Right.
1: The anode rod, but that can be replaced.
6: Oh okay. So, okay. Sealed on my other question. Freeze masters, uh, freeze misers, The one you put on the end of your faucet that drips when it's freezing. Yes. When you take those off after the last freeze, is it good to put them in vinegar, or you do anything you need to do to them before you store them?
0: Not a bad idea to put them in vinegar, especially if you don't have a water softener on those bibs, which most people don't. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not a bad idea because I can tell you from personal experience, one I used last season uh, didn't work this season because of that very reason.
6: Uh, use cold vinegar or just low temperature?
0: Uh, just just cold vinegar is fine.
6: How long should you put and them I would not, overnight? I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I would not leave them in there. I would let them soak uh, probably about 48 hours
6: okay and then make sure you that you give them a good,
1: them really good and then make sure make sure that you give them a good bath because vinegar is acetic acid it it, it will deteriorate them if you leave it in there
6: and then uh, clean them out with uh, distilled water afterwards
1: it doesn't necessarily have to be distilled oh, no. water I mean it, no 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 just okay. just regular no, just water give them a good,
6: yeah we miss you guys when you guys are not on the air you know you make our Saturday you make our Saturday sir hey man that
0: that means a lot. Robert, thank you so much for calling and being a
1: part of the show this morning. Take care, sir. Thank you, sir. Bye. You too. Okay. Hey, Robert, and the few, the feeling is mutual. You guys make our Saturday morning. That's right. I agree 100%. They do. They do, man. They, 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 I love doing this show, Martin. It is just it's a highlight of my week.
0: It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I will tell you that. And it, it allows me to continue to do something that I've loved for my entire life and uh and, and i I really can't tell you how appreciative I am of that opportunity to be able to What do,
1: do that. you mean you mean do you mean to tell me that you actually like to hear yourself talk? Uh, you know <laughs> that's not what I said but but okay, <laughs> sure, sure that's what it is
0: no i I, I really and uh, truly uh I, I, I have uh my entire life uh my entire adult life and, and before uh, I started doing this i guess when I was sixteen, seventeen. Can't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but as I was either sixteen well, or seventeen. The first time I did a radio show and uh, fell in love with it. I just I'm, I'm, that was I,
1: that was big text radio.
0: Big text radio. Yeah, Con Hammond was the That's, owner, that was it. and uh, that was it. That was it. Worked with some some fun characters and some interesting characters. Some I'm still friends with, and and uh, I just I, I got to tell you, it got in my blood. And anybody who's ever done this for any amount of time will tell you it doesn't it doesn't go away. I got out of no, radio. No. For, it, it doesn't. I got out of radio for, I guess, probably ten years, and and I thought, well, I'm, I, I guess, I'm never going back to radio, and and I missed it every flipping year that I wasn't in it, and uh, when I had the opportunity to get back on the air, I certainly wanted to take it. So, if,
1: uh, if well, even brought, on, even on weekends that we have to take off now, or that we take off, I get this kind of lonely depression thing going and i'm kind of lost on saturday morning no, i
0: don't know that i'm gonna go that far i really don't but but, but i certainly and do folks, love just
1: to <laughs> just to clarify between martin and i uh martin is probably not the one that would be described as loving to hear himself talk <laughs> appreciate that joe and we'll leave
0: it right there. Let's get right back yeah. to those phone lines, 210-599-5555. Frank, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show.
5: Yes, good morning. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Absolutely. How can we help Hi. you this morning?
5: Uh, yes. Uh, earlier, you know, we are talking about uh, manufactured homes, and we just purchased one oh, I guess about a year ago. It's about 2,000 square feet. It's really nice, like you guys said. That they've really come a long way, but uh, we put it on some property down, oh, I guess, about ten miles southeast of Floresville, and uh, we've noticed some uh, some minor uh, cracks, you know, coming off the door uh, doors and windows, you know, maybe six or seven throughout the whole house. Uh, is that something that you know it's just settling uh, that does happen, and? Uh, uh, we have the uh the the company that sold it to us, they're gonna be coming out and, and doing a little patchwork and painting. Uh but I was just curious is that's is that fairly normal?
1: Jim, you want Absolutely. to take this Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um Jeannie and I find ourselves having to have our house leveled probably I'm gonna say every five to five to seven years. Um it it is something that that is part of the maintenance of it. The leveling is not as, is not anywhere near as expensive as it would be for a slab built home. I want to say the last time we had our home leveled it cost us less than $2,000 to have the home leveled. And the, but the reason that you want to do that is because there are different stress points under a manufactured home. That's why it's like today's requirements. If you're going to do a, an FHA loan or a lot of mortgage companies, if, if you're going to get a mortgage on a, on a manufactured home, they're going to require that you put it on an FHA approved slab to, to help mitigate that, that settling. Um, but uh, having a home re-leveled and especially from when it was originally set, you're probably, if it's a year old, you're probably right, right there in the, in the mark of having it re-leveled. You know, the, when they okay. first set it, the first time it needs to be re-leveled is going to be one to two years because it's I brand see. new. Um,
5: yeah, exactly. It's just uh, uh, settling. You know, they did uh, you know secure it to the uh, to the ground. It's not on a slab, and uh, you know right. straps and the and the, the spikes or stakes. But uh, all right, well that's good good information. I'll I'll uh, check around. I guess. Do you, know of anybody that does that that's, uh, you know does a good job me of, a, of
1: leveling. Drop me an email drop me an email at jsmith Jace, uh, Jace at windowworldtx.com and I'll shoot you over the folks that do our leveling they've done it for us now a couple of times and they've done a wonderful job everything that they've done
5: alright great I appreciate the information. Y'all have a great day and, and uh, we'll keep on trucking here
0: all right Frank thanks a lot. appreciate you and uh hey, want to clarify something from uh from an earlier caller's question regarding the backflow preventers Jim did some research during our break and and what did you find out about that
1: well, a new construction build for a while now um if they're doing like a subdivision inspection or if they're doing a and within saws area new construction permitted um there are some areas within saws that You don't have to pull permits, but anywhere that you've pulled a permit for your build, they are going to inspect and they're going to require the backflow preventer on every hose bib. Typically, the hose bibs are going to come off of the water supply after the yard irrigation tap comes off. So they want to make sure that you're not going to get backflow from any water hose as well as not get backflow from the irrigation system. Makes perfect sense to me
0: perfect sense to me thanks for that jim thanks for uh, doing that little bit of research for us and the phone lines are open 210-599-5555 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning we'd love to talk to you answer your home improvement questions uh, large or small roof to the foundation and everything in between um read an interesting article uh better homes and gardens magazine The wealth of information in that magazine it's a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of a lot of good things uh, that come out of that. Uh, one of the things that uh, read about this last week is the uh, ways that you can add. We always look at ways to add value to our homes, right? We always look at ways to increase the curb appeal, the value, the salability. Um, you know, put put more more value into that home. So if you ever do want to sell it, you've you've got that. And it's a good return on investment. We're going to explore. Uh, some things that you could do in your kitchen uh, for less than five thousand dollars that add real value to your home. We're going to talk about that in between calls as we can today. Uh, but again, always calls are first. Uh, Steve, you are up next on the KTSa Home Improvement Show.
7: Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to chime in on the uh, the mobile home cracks and stuff. Sure. I have uh, in the past. I've I've built them. I've sold them. I've set them up, installed them, and serviced them. And I can tell you that the absolute most important thing, no matter who the manufacturer is, when deciding to get a mobile home, purchase a mobile home, is is the foundation that that, that you build for that mobile home, the pad that you build. So if, if you build a good pad, a wider pad than the home is built, and I always recommend it, and I've seen a lot, of issues with them and the what generally the ones that build their pad above grade to the, to the height of 12 to 16 inches above the grade above the footprint where they're going to put it. And then wider than the mobile home two foot minimum all the way around the mobile home. If you can afford more, cause it, they charge you by, you know, the yard, how much material they're spreading and, 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 and compacting and all that. But if you build a good solid foundation for your manufactured home, uh, you'll have a lot less issues uh, with it down the road as far as cracking and settling and whatnot, but also as far as leveling. If you build a good pad and compact it well or build it well ahead of time and let it settle well, before you set your uh, project on it, you'll have a lot less issues down the road. That is
0: all really, really good advice, Steve. And and then it of is. course there's the other option of, uh, of of making it real property and and actually pouring a, a slab
1: for it to sit on. And uh, well, that's you know that's not just making it real property. If you're looking, if you're going to get any federally insured or federally backed loan. And even a lot of private mortgage companies and banks today, before they will even pick up a mortgage on a manufactured home, it must be on an FHA-approved concrete slab.
7: Certainly, certainly, if that's within your budget, I, I would definitely highly recommend that. But the gentleman who called in just a minute ago uh, uh, made the, uh, the statement that he was like a little few miles southeast of Floresville. Gentlemen, there's a lot of sand in Floresville
1: there's oh, sure yeah. is. He, oh yeah. I live in Adkins. Hopefully, Trust hopefully. me, I know there's a lot of fl- a lot of sand <laughs> out, he- out here. Oh, I know. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he built
7: a good. He had the contractor. I don't know if the mobile home manufacturer did it or if he hired his own contractor. But again, anybody who's listening, if you're doing a mobile home, foundation, 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 without a Absolutely. doubt. Steve.
0: Hey, thanks for the call. We appreciate you this morning. Appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend all right let's uh everybody, let's talk everybody foundation. <laughs> that's right let's let's talk a little bit about uh let's see here where we are we at? We, uh, we got time for we got time for a little more conversation before we get into break uh let's let's go ahead and talk a little bit uh, phone lines are open two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five so this article talks about five kitchen ref- uh five kitchen finishes under five thousand dollars that add value to your home and uh and, and Ways to give your home and your kitchen in particular a facelift without spending a ton of money. Um, it's, it, it's really easy, if you've ever done this before, <laughs> to spend a fortune creating a kitchen of your dreams. There's lots and lots of different luxurious finishes that you can choose from. Uh, there's, there's ways that you can step up your style. But the good news is you, you don't have to spend a, a tremendous amount of money in order to to put some new finishes in your dated or aging kitchen. So I'm going to talk about a few of those right now. So one of the things that you can do that uh, is not going to break the bank is update your cabinet hardware. If you uh, look at some kitchens and you look at their cabinets, you think, man, this just looks kind of dated. Well, think about it a little bit. Sometimes it's the pulls and the handles on the cabinets that make it look dated. It's not... Necessarily, the cabinets themselves. So, if you go online and you search for kitchen cabinet hardware, you're going to have more options than you can shake a stick at. I mean, you can really find just about anything that you want out there, and the the price tag is not going to be crazy, depending on the size of your kitchen, of course. Um, between a hundred dollars and five hundred dollars is going to get you new hardware to update your entire kitchen. So. You can't really go wrong with it. Buy good, good, solid hardware that you love that's going to last, and, uh, and and that's one very inexpensive way to give your kitchen uh, a beautiful facelift. The uh, second one that we <laughs> uh, uh, could look at doing is installing, sorry, quartz, quartz, installing quartz countertops. Hey, listen, while replacing your countertops uh, might might sound like a lot of money, and listen to me, it can be a lot of money depending on what you choose and, and what, you, what you design into your uh, countertop choices. But quartz countertops are a good choice, especially if you're on a tight budget, because they look great, they're very durable, they don't take much maintenance at all, uh, they don't have to be resealed all the time like granite does, although I happen to love granite. Um, but they're also very controlled in costs, because uh, while natural stone can range from very inexpensive to extremely expensive, Quartz uh, are, are are more in line all the time, and and an average quartz countertop installation runs between seventeen fifty and three thousand dollars. So, that to me is a budget friendly way to really and truly update the look of your uh, of your kitchen. Now, another one uh,
1: to hey. consider possibly is uh, painting the cabinets, guys um it it, doesn't sound like a whole lot um and it's not a whole lot of work but it's going to add some value to the home um it's it's not going to be anything that's going to be um really expensive to take care of um the painting existing cabinetry a lighter color um for your personal enjoyment or for resale uh is much less expensive than the option of replacing cabinets uh cabinets to replace them can cost well over 10,000 depending on the size and how many cabinets you're getting um for a small to average size kitchen with 12 to 16 cabinets repainting can be done for as little as 4,000 um estimating the cost uh can be anywhere from 1300 to 2500 for repainting by a professional um it's it's just absolutely uh, uh it makes sense um now unless you just got that that hard, that wood stain look um you but even with that you can restain the cabinets
0: absolutely or or you could you can uh paint over that stain uh with the proper paint and give it a whole new look and and bring it kind of into, into into the modern times so those are those are really good things to consider and i think that you um uh, you definitely want to consider these if you're wanting to add value without breaking the bank. Uh, as we go to James. James, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show.
5: Yes, uh, thank you. Um, I'm wondering, uh, I'm remodeling a shower. I took a bathtub out and making a shower out of it, a walk-in shower. What kind of preparation materials do I need for the walls?
0: Uh, you will need You will need a dry board. Uh, up on the walls, either a Hardy backer or there's uh, Green Guard. There's a uh, couple other uh, other ones out there, but you—that's you, you, the first thing you're going to have to prep on the walls is is putting up your dry board.
6: Okay.
5: Anything after that, or just put the tile on that?
1: Uh, Jim, you want to chime in? Well, I would yeah. say that yes, once sir. you get the—I'm sorry, go ahead, James.
5: Uh, he, he said Jim, and I, I thought he was talking about me. <laughs> I
1: could, I could. <laughs> no, I would say that uh, once you've got your backer up, uh, you want to use a good thin set before you set your tile. Um, are you going with what type of tile are you going with? Is it just going to be the four inch by four inch ceramic tile? No, it's
4: twelve
5: by twenty
1: fours. Nice. Okay. They're, big, nice. They're, so, they're
5: bigger. They're big. They're bigger tiles, but do I need to put that uh, – they, they make a product that's called Red uh, Ready Seal or something. It's like a red uh, coating. And then, uh, you know, like on the floor, they recommend this uh, eighth-inch-like padding so it uh, eliminates cracks. But do I need that on the side walls also?
1: You do not. No, uh, your, your wet sheet rock, your wet location rock, or your, uh, hardy backer, um, should suffice. Um, it's not going to hurt anything if you put it up, but with it being that large of a tile, you don't just want to use a thin set. You want to use a good mastic to secure those tiles up.
5: Right. Yeah, I, I've got that. Uh, I, I was just, I guess, concerned about that, uh,
6: membrane they call it
1: uh, it's certainly not going to hurt anything to put it up the only problem with putting it up is that if you put that membrane up um, and the reason it's not usually recommended for walls is that it's now you're trying to adhere the membrane to the substrate and then you're trying to adhere the tile to the membrane it gives an extra area for for possible failure there so that's why it's typically not recommended for uh, vertical walls okay all
5: right I just want to make sure on that because I had a construction guy, uh, more or less insisting that I put that on there. And I said, you know, I've done this tile. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an older person, and uh, in my younger days, I, you know, I, I put a lot of tile on and I uh, never ever used that, uh, that foam. I don't know what they even call it a membrane, and then that, what do you call it, that backer or whatever it is.
0: A uh, dry board hardy backer is a, is a popular type of backing backing right. board for that.
5: Yeah, right, right.
0: Okay, I appreciate
5: it. Thank you. Well,
0: thank you, James. Appreciate you calling this morning. Uh, get yourself a yep. phone line, too, at 210-599-5555. 210 um, 599 Continuing on our conversation about the, uh, the improvements that you can make to your kitchen that are, are not necessarily going to break the bank, but are going to, uh, to add to your value of your home. Uh, another way you can do that, speaking of tile, is adding a tile backsplash uh, to your kitchen. If you, if you don't currently have a tile backsplash, and a, and a lot of homes don't, especially older homes, uh, this is another area where you can really and truly change up and, and step up the style in your home without investing a fortune. Uh, so ceramic tile are, uh, are, are a really good choice for this type of, of project. Uh, something in a color or finish that's on trend so you know grains are hot right now uh, and and uh, it instantly brightens up the whole room you can find ceramic tile for under three dollars a square foot install them yourself and and save a whole lot of money and you can get the whole tile backsplash done for you know a couple hundred bucks uh, if you're doing it yourself that's not too bad Uh, If you change or add a backsplash, it's also a relatively quick upgrade, one that, you know, is a weekend project typically, two or three days, and you're done. So you're not having to have a lot of downtime in your kitchen when you're doing it. So that's certainly something that, uh, that would add some value in a quick way to your home.
1: Yes, sir. And now also another thing you can do is modern lighting. Um, the builder grade lighting fixtures that go into the homes when we when we buy them are there. Um, they, they tend to lower the perceived value of the home. Uh, the good news is that in this area, uh, you can easily upgrade the appearance without great expense. Um, replace the lighting in the kitchen with custom fixtures. Um, you can look for statement fixtures or fixtures that use innovative technology. Um, Add light bulbs that are bright white to keep the kitchen, uh, make the kitchen look bright and clean. And of course, if you are going with bright white, you definitely want to make sure you have a clean kitchen because it's going to show everything, guys. Um, the cost, uh, you're going to depend anywhere depending on the complexity of the installation, how high tech you go. You're going to be anywhere between a hundred to a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad no. at all. It's not bad at all. Uh, so there's a few little tips and pointers on how you can upgrade your kitchen without breaking the bank, adding some great value, adding a new look, and uh, and making it not only more sellable, but also more enjoyable for you, too. It's always nice to, to spruce up around the house, uh, even if you're staying there. Uh, let's get right back to the phone lines uh, for our last segment. Let's get to John. John, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show.
4: Yes, uh, I got a follow up. I talked to you a couple weeks ago at uh, uh, LED kitchen lights.
0: Yes, and yes. You steered,
4: me, you steered me towards the power supply. So and? I got it from uh, Home Depot. So, uh, but I got the brand name of it and called their website and started talking to them and uh, on the warranty. I found out the lady I was talking to, I said, wait a minute, do you work for this company or what? She says, no, Home Depot, is that's a solely-owned company of Home Depot, and so she's handling it. She uh, looked at my re- one of my receipts and said it was guaranteed by the manufacturer for five years, which I was right on the limit. Home Depot only goes a year. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, so she asked me to send her a scan of the... Is pursuing getting me a brand new fixture.
0: Okay. Outstanding, outstanding. So
4: tell your other, you know, pursue that route if uh, if all else fails. But now, if they don't honor, you know, if I'm over the five years or whatever, if I uh, you mentioned the power supply, I uh, I'm an old fart and I've done my old share of do it yourself. I've retained ballots and fluorescence many times never worked real well is it worth my time to try and locate a power supply i mean i could open up the unit and maybe get a number or something off of it and replace the power supply or just give up and buy a new unit it's probably about an eighty-nine ninety dollar unit well
1: Will you just be- answered your own question you said that you had replaced tried to replace fluorescent, fluorescent ballast in the past and it didn't work out too well for you so yeah. you you pretty much answered your question there. I would at that point go ahead and get a new fixture.
4: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm with, I'm with am Jim on that one.
4: <laughs> okay, it's probably right. a hell of a lot less work.
0: I, uh, I guarantee it you. It is. I guarantee you, it'll it be is. less work. Yes. At,
4: at 86, I don't get up to the ceiling that
1: well anymore. Oh, John, <laughs> stay off the ladder, bud. Stay, stay off, off the ladder. ladder. Call call Mister Electric and have them change it when you get <laughs> the new fixture. They'll come out Please. and put it in for you.
4: Well, my wife my wife holds my hand while i'm up there
1: oh my wife would but
0: my wife would be scolding me if i was up there at that age she she wouldn't have both
4: but i i don't think she'd be worth the damn
0: and catching me if it did fall <laughs> see there you go john please be careful buddy in all seriousness please be careful and thanks for calling this morning right. rc you're right. up next on the ktsa home improvement show hello
6: hello hello
0: how are y'all Outstanding, RC. How are you doing this morning?
2: Just fine. Say we're going to put new uh, linoleum in the house floors, and I was wondering what y'all think about using glue first or put it down without glue.
1: It depends on what kind of linoleum you're going to use. Is it? Is it, are you talking about the self adhesive uh, square tiles? No,
2: sir. This is just roll linoleum.
1: You absolutely have to glue that down. Yes, that absolutely oh. needs to be glued down.
2: Okay, we had two different versions on that, so I thought I'd get y'all's opinion on it.
1: It can. If you move anything or roll anything heavy across that floor, if it uh, is not glued down, you can get ripples and waves in that linoleum. Oh. Um, there are companies that will tell you, no, there's no need to glue it down. I have never. <laughs> I have never not glued it.
7: Uh huh. Always
2: you, 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 yes, sir. All, all right. Well, I right. tell you what—that sounds good to me. You answered my question.
0: Well, thank you, RC. Appreciate you calling. Uh, let's see if we can get at least one more in here before we go to break. Uh, before we go go out for the day. Kay, good morning. Welcome for the welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show.
2: Thank you. Hey, um, can you give me a uh, um a couple of names for handyman that might be in the Spring Branch area?
0: Uh, out in the Spring Branch area, I, I believe that Ace Handyman Service covers the Spring Branch area. Um, I know that they cover the Bernie area, and I'm thinking that they cover that that uh, that 46 corridor. Okay. Uh, okay. Ace as an ACE. ACE, yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if Handyman Matters comes out. To, uh, to Spring Branch or not, but Handyman Matters is one that you might want to try. Okay. And uh, those are the two that, that I, I most often will recommend that folks call. Now, now I want to be real clear, I haven't used either one of them. I just know of their reputation. I know what my neighbors have said about ACE, for instance, and, and that's what I'm going on. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Well, Kay, thanks for calling this morning. We appreciate you being a part of the show really do and uh, and thanks to everyone who called in today thanks for uh, making our show what it is and and allowing us to do this every saturday morning uh if you want to drop us a line during the week, you can reach jim at
1: j smith at windowworld
0: dot com and if you want to drop me a line, you can do so at m bomba that's m b o m b a at
1: windowworldtx.com. dot uh, com hey martin yeah. We had one of our good friends Hank um contacted me while we were on the air uh-huh. and he said we just need to try to put a shout out to warn folks about the copper thieves that they are out and about again. Are they working again? And they're working again. They're doing apparently they're they're up to their old tricks again. Wow. okay, so well yeah. Folks uh, uh, just be careful. Be vigilant, just be vigilant, you be, know, be watch vigilant. Your stuff these well,
6: Yep, yeah, these are uh, guys it, that'll
1: steal air conditioning condensers. They'll go into vacant homes and steal copper out of them. It's just it's and usually typically, anytime the economy gets bad, that's when this happens. And folks, I'll leave you with this: patience. Show a little patience. Absolutely.
0: With everyone you come in contact with. And, please, and, please, please, please. And, and and when in doubt, be kind. That's that's the best advice that I think anybody could could use today. And. uh Yeah, that's it. I'm going to leave you with that. That's it. Louis Sirianni and and the KTSA Automotive Show is coming up next. Stick around for that. Holly Hermes, Mike Hermes, and the What's It Worth Show later on this afternoon. Keep it on KTSA all day, and we'll see you next week right here on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.